Inherently Happy, episode 193, The Mood Diet. This one's going to be a meal. First, the happy creed. We believe in happy, in balance and growth, of being mindful and grateful, compassionate and understanding. Yowza ha ha, my happy friends. Do you gorge on moods? Do you get constant cravings to wallow in sadness, burn up with anger, and hop, skip, and jump for joy? Then you may be addicted to moods. Do you let everything scare you, make you feel guilty, or fill you with hope even if it's false? Then yes, indeed, you may be a mood junkie. Moods are to use, not abuse. They can nourish us, provide release, help us cope, give us balance, and allow us the room to grow. Unless you just shovel them one by one into your psyche without giving them a chance to do their jobs, letting them spill over and infect and infest the rest of you. Until you become a mood glutton, ready to burst out in a crying rage of fear and shame. Are you ready to be honest and admit that you may be powerless over your moods? Do you believe that balance and growth are even possible when it comes to moods? Have you met me? I used to be all over the friggin' place, but now... I am chiller than a mofo, yo. No more shouting matches or road rage drag races for this guy. No siree, Bob. How'd they do it? Work. That's how. Ain't no shortcuts, kids. Wait, that's a double negative. Ain't not no shortcuts. A triple negative is like a single negative. There are no shortcuts. Ain't no shortcuts, kids. Are you willing to let the happy way, which focuses on making decisions based on balanced growth, mindful gratitude, and compassionate understanding, as we've said, and not just for others, but for yourself, are you willing to let the happy way be your way? Try it. You might like it. No big whoop-de-doo. Are you really, are you willing to really look at yourself? It can be scary and icky, I know, acknowledging how you maybe overindulge on your moods, how you revel in them because you think they give you power when you are in fact losing yourself to them. Moods can be a drug. Can you admit that to yourself? Can you admit it to others in detail? Rooting out those dark secrets and justifications and then are you ready to just let them go. That can be scary. Like losing a favorite blanket. You're blanky, you're wubby. But you know it's all threadbare and scratchy and just no longer serves you. Can you trust that something as simple as having compassion for yourself, of being mindful and looking for ways to achieve more balance and growth in your life can actually make things more manageable? Can you apologize to those who have been the victims of your moods? 
Can you apologize to yourself for abusing them? Can you forgive yourself for liking the moodiness of your past? Can you forgive those people who doubt you'll even really stick with it? Can you calmly meditate on who you've been, who you are, and who you want to be? I'll answer first to get it started. I wouldn't suggest something I wasn't willing to do. This is firstly for me, after all. But as a human, there is likely someone else out there who can relate. Do I have a mood addiction? Or did I? Did moods get the best of me? Yes, sometimes. If I saw a driver cut me off or try to pass me while I was passing someone else, I immediately got mad and thought, not while I'm behind the wheel. It became a fight for dominance. And I didn't think I was powerless. If anything, I felt incredibly powerful. I was a getaway driver, and this fool was not getting away with it. But my fighting him just made him mad. And then he started to race me. This is a specific instance. When I was the one racing him. I kept one of those races up for about 40 miles. Never letting him pass, no matter what. He tailgated, he tried to come around other cars, but I kept him off. I kept him down. He was so mad, he even got off at my exit and went through several lights before I finally lost him by running a yellow that he wasn't close enough to catch. I felt triumphant. I had beaten him. And he really did not want to get beaten. But looking at that now, I was fully mad. We were a road hazard. We were a danger to ourselves, ourselves and others. And if I hadn't finally evaded him, it might have turned ugly. Uglier. For what? Because he was being a jerk on the road? What am I, the road police? Or, as they're commonly known, the police? It was years of road rage incidents like that. Several speeding tickets, traffic school, a nearly destroyed tire, and finally a total vehicular catastrophe that made me reassess things a little bit. Other people can let things slide, so why can't I? Why am I so powerless? Because I am not preparing myself. I was not. For when it happened again. Not if, but when. I wasn't accepting the fact ahead of time that there may be jerks. No, not jerks. People. Mustn't dehumanize them. There may be people who are in a hurry. And you just happen to be in their way. And you have to decide how you will react to that. If you wait until such a thing happens, then you'll be caught off guard and you may let your emotions take control instead of you. But if you believe you can learn emotional control, then you can practice it. Make a plan. You can practice not yelling in response to some frustration and scaring the good gosh darn out of people. Now, you don't have to switch to G-rated language per se, 
But maybe don't put such ire behind it. Get some perspective. Get some distance from it. They are just trying to beat their old record to get to work, maybe. Or they just heard it's two for one day at the thrift store. Balance is possible. I've seen others with it. And growth is possible, too. So, yes, I believe it conceptually. I just need a good reason to put it into practice. Not dying or crashing my car again are good motivators. Now, granted, the car crash was the result of me driving tired, but a similar arrogance was likely at play, where I was thinking I can do anything with zero consequences. Am I willing to apply the question, does this lead to balanced growth to every decision I make or have made in the past? Does racing an agro driver serve that? No, it does not. Should I have done that? Thrilling and triumphant as it was? No, I should not have done that. Because the next time, the dude might shoot me or run me off the road. Or the cops could do it. Or I could run myself off the road. Or something not quite so dramatic, like wasting gas, causing wear and tear on the car, increasing pollution, worrying other drivers, and just making it more difficult to maintain a healthy equilibrium. Big game. Big game. you got to think the, the big picture. These are the, if you don't have equilibrium, that can hinder your maturity and development, your growth. You need that balance. Was I really, was I willing to really, hmm, I love that phrase apparently. Was I willing to really look at myself and say that I was trying to be a big shot, a tough guy, and all because I didn't feel like a big shot or a tough guy normally. This was my grab at power, behind the wheel, racing people. I'm no pushover. This was my fantasy, my wish fulfillment. And how dare anyone try to take that away from me? These mofos don't know what's who and who's what. But it also meant that I got mad when someone walked too close to me or talked too loud or coughed without covering their mouths or a million other little things that I considered every bit the violation as a road hog. I had no, I had no scale There was no difference between somebody who did a a small thing that irritated me and someone who did a big thing. Maybe this feeling of strength was coming at too high a price and in actuality was weakening me and my resolve and lowering my resilience and making blow-ups more common, killing me further. Moods can be an aggravating drug, meaning they make you worse, as destructive and as loathsome as any bad habit. And I had to admit that to myself first, when no one else was around, that yeah, maybe, I could improve my life if I improved my emotional wisdom and intelligence. So I started telling people about my little escapades. And they didn't think it was cool or fun. (laughs) They were worried for my safety. See, that's the reasonable response. The one I was lacking. So in that case, talking about it helped. But could I change? Would I change? Ah, they didn't get it. It's fun. It's great. 
Roadhogs need someone to put them in their places, don't they? But why did it have to be me? I'm busy listening to a book on tape or working on a story. This is not the time for racing. I don't like phone calls because that's conversation on somebody else's schedule. They call you, you pick up. Now you have to talk to them because they decided. You could not pick up or just ask people not to call you. How about that? Email, I'll get back to you when I can. This is the same thing. The Roadhog is calling, but I don't have to pick up. And that little act of letting myself off the hook is what made it a little easier to do it the next time and the time after that. Until I no longer got that utter pang of racer's delight at the prospect of pink slips and glory. Or a fiery crash and a charred corpse. I love me. I don't want to kill me. Life will do that soon enough. So I needed to practice some self-care. Some self-forgiveness for not winning every impromptu death race. I may not know where all those drivers are now to apologize to them. But I am sorry about all the aggression. Just the same. I don't want to be that guy. That guy who blows up at every little thing that doesn't go his way. My dad was that guy. My brother picked it up. But I friggin' ran with it. Devoting my time to thoughts of revenge. I need to forgive myself for being the real jerk. I didn't think I was the jerk. I thought I was the hero. Showing those so-and-sos what for. But there are nicer ways to interact with one's fellow man, is all. And would the people who knew me even believe or accept that I could change? Did they even know I was a road rager? Would they feel safe in a car with me? Should I even feel safe in a car with me at that time? So the same tactic I employ when I'm waiting for something, a bus, a reply, a download, I do something else to get my mind off it. Then when it's done, it's a nice surprise. So for me, that's books on tape or music or podcasts in the car. Then when a jerk, sorry, a moody person comes along, I can recognize the game before it gets going and then just not play. Jog on, son. Jog on. So anger was my power mood. As it is for a lot of people, I'm sure. Guys especially. As we're taught that anger is an acceptable emotion, almost preferred for guys to exhibit. So I had to try to keep it out of the equation. Someone cuts me off, and yet I can't use anger as a reaction? <laughs> What's left? Am I going to cry about it? No, thank you very much. Maybe that's where I try compassion and understanding. Maybe that poor fellow or lady is just having a bad day. If only I could do something to help. Maybe that's hope or maybe that's gladness in there. You know? A little remorse that, you know, I'm not being more caring. I suppose I could change lanes and let them get past me. Yeah, that might actually make them feel better. And me too, because it was my choice. And anger didn't make me do something rash. Which is really just me indulging in rashness. 
since I'm the one in control, supposedly. We have a lot of coping mechanisms as humans that we probably never even try that much. I knew compassion and understanding was a thing, but what was that to me or me to it? I had to win the race. But crashing into a guardrail going 60 is not winning by any measure. You will probably you will become act, you will become acutely aware of anger once you can no longer use it for work. Like not being able to use it like not being able to use an appendage. You'll have to come up with other ways to cope. Like when you lose one of your senses and you're better able to focus on the remaining ones. Now you might ask, when would I ever need to cut mad out of my mood toolkit? It's there for a reason, after all. And besides, it's the sharpest tool I have. I'm simply not as effective without it. Then take that time to sharpen some other tools. Ones you've been neglecting. And then, the next time you can use MAD again, you'll appreciate it that much more and maybe finally be mindful enough not to overdo it. Or maybe you just won't want to get mad so much anymore. Or maybe you just can't get socially mad at all anymore without getting blackout mad. And you need to distance yourself from your rageaholic buddies, get yourself a sponsor, and join a support group. I'm not a therapist. I'm just trying to get by and retrain my own mood habits with the happy way. That's just me. Maybe if I had some other happy way folks to talk to, I wouldn't have had to take so long to calm down. I don't have a forum or a chat room. I got social media. I got a website, a place to podcast my progress. Find me. Reach out. My name is Jeffrey, and I am a mood addict. Just trying to, trying to get through the day. And you know what? It's a lovely day, too. Ha. Uh, yeah, it was a...